0: Welcome to our latest Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra podcast. Pete Sampson joined by Kevin Sinclair. We're back. Um, Notre Dame off back-to-back road wins. First time that's happened, I think, since 2011, at least against Power 5 teams. Uh, On the fringe of being ranked in one poll, number 22 in another, with Miami, Ohio coming in this weekend before heading to North Carolina by and then USC, and obviously that will be a huge recruiting weekend as well. So it's, it's been a little bit quiet on the recruiting front for Notre Dame, with the sort of smaller exception of, of Dante Burton, because that, that seems to be sort of maybe making some progress. And Kevin, you actually were in touch with Burton's camp in the last few hours here before we hit record. What is the latest on him, and what do you think that might mean for, for Notre Dame's position with him moving forward? So, yeah, Dante Burton,
1: obviously a guy we've been discussing for a long time, uh, earned a Notre Dame offer several months ago. Um, Got a call uh, from his camp, like you said, this morning. um, The big sort of talk with him in terms of Notre Dame and his recruitment has been um, his ACT, um, which he rewrote uh, early this month. He's been awaiting results. Um, Got his results this morning, and he got scored a 22, which uh, easily makes him... Uh, eligible. Um, that was sort of the barrier. Um, in terms of, there's been a bit of discussion and people um, wondering about um, the rest of his academics, whether all of that was in line. Um, from what I gathered this morning, he actually has a 3.7 GPA currently, um, so all of those academic boxes have ticked off. Um, you know, he's uh, there, there's no no issues with academics whatsoever with Dante Burton um, going forward. Um, I was told that he's going to be <clears throat> getting in touch with Todd Light uh, later today or this evening, whenever he can, um, to sort of discuss that. <clears throat> he's um, been picking up interest from a few other Big Ten schools uh, last week. I know Minnesota and Wisconsin stopped by Loganville High School there. Um, you know, he's going to be visiting Wisconsin this weekend for the Northwestern game. I know that he visited Missouri last weekend, and they were pommeled by Auburn 54-14. I don't expect Missouri to be uh, in that race. Um, is, is Everything that I've ever heard from Dante Burden is just that he's completely sold on Notre Dame. Um, is If he gets the green light from Notre Dame, he'll commit to Notre Dame. That's pretty much um, how this is going to go. Um, obviously, I mean, we've we've discussed the whole cornerback situation in depth. Uh, Kyler Gordon and, and uh, this new Noah Boykin from out in Washington, D.C., entering the picture, um, the, the Kalen Gervin back-and-forth stuff. There's been so much going on there. Um, so with Dante Burton, obviously they don't have any corners now. Uh, um, you know, he's going to be, you know, open to committing to Notre Dame. I'm, I feel really confident about that. Um, so we'll see if, you know, if he becomes a take here. Um We'll know that, you know, academics was really the only thing. If it's, um, this is something that continues to go on and on, uh, we'll know that Notre Dame is still evaluating him and still, um, you know, trying to decide whether um, they want him in the class, basically. So, uh, interesting stuff there, but, um, you know, interesting to know that he's now available.
0: Yeah, and you look at the cornerback recruiting board, and there's just not enough targets on there, and a from what I can gather talking to people around Notre Dame, they know that they're looking through senior developmental film. And I think that's really one part of the recruiting process that people don't get. And we as media don't spend enough time on is that's the the prospect who's okay as a junior that's on a board that has some mid-level offers, but then has a great off season going into his senior year. It really explodes as a senior that fall. And then he, becomes you know more of your a two star to a three star three star to a four star a mid major to a high major type of prospect and I think that's really what Notre Dame is banking on right now is they can comb through enough film and find cornerbacks and probably some offensive linemen too that fit that mold they're hard to find Notre Dame found a couple last cycle but I think you really have to have an eye for that you have to have a, a, a developmental staff who understands what to look for. And then you've got to have the film resources to actually go find them. That might be even the harder part of it is finding these guys somewhere. So Dante Burton's situation is interesting to me because if they, they end up deciding not to take them, it would tell me that they have some of these more developmental guys on the hook that they like even more that maybe they didn't know about six months ago because those players had not progressed at that Mm. point. So I'm very curious to see what they do at cornerback and offensive line moving forward. You know, Kalen Gerben was somebody that we've talked about on past few podcasts. He visited for the Michigan State game last weekend at Michigan State. He was at Notre Dame for the Georgia game and was talking about an official visit for USC next month. Now he's talking about taking an official visit to Virginia Tech that same weekend when they play North Carolina. So I feel like Kalen Gerben basically is off the board for Notre Dame as much as some people might still talk about him here and there. I think that's somebody Notre Dame is probably moving on from entirely. Dante Burton... I think there's some uncertainty about how much of a take he'll be, but Notre Dame needs corners. If they don't take him, it means they have to have a good read and be in a good position with somebody else. Um, on the topic of cornerbacks that maybe they're in a good position with, that um, yeah, maybe we didn't have enough of an understanding with, I'll kick it to you, Kevin, for the first of the five guys going back to your area of the country in Kyler Gordon.
1: Yeah, Kyler Gordon. So I guess uh, probably around this time last week, we were sort of in the thought that you know he visited Notre Dame uh, for the Temple game. Um, after that, sort of everything I was hearing was that he, that Gordon was still very much Washington's to beat. Uh, t- sorry to lose, um, and that Notre Dame might not even necessarily be the number two. Um, Stanford, other schools in- involved there. Then of course he uh, picked up an offer last week from USC a school he's visited and camped at in the past. Um, You know, so definitely keeping my eye on that situation. And, you know, it looks like he's going to be visiting TCU on October 6th. Um, Could possibly visit other schools after that. Um, But after um, speaking with a few people, uh, some people reached out to me. I I reached out to some uh, sources uh, in that area. Um, I've basically been told that, you know, One source has told me that it looks like, you know, Notre Dame sort of leads for him, actually. And another source told me that, um, you know, it's kind of a Notre Dame-Washington battle. It looks like Notre Dame and Washington will be sort of the only schools in this race. I don't, um, you know, sort of see Stanford, um, UCLA, USC really uh, getting in that top, uh, top group for him. Notre Dame and Washington will be one of those two schools. Um, sounds like Notre Dame actually, you know, has a much better chance with him than we had thought. Basically, um, you know, I I think that I, it's pretty easy to say that he's, you know, the top prospect athletically. Um, you know, out of that group that uh, are looking at Notre Dame, um, as in terms of cornerbacks, um, I know there's discussion about Houston Griffith here and there, and there's discussion about Kalen Gervin, but. Tyler Gordon's a really special athlete, and um, if you aren't too up on his, um, you know, his skill set, um, take a look at his huddle profile. Really special athlete on both sides of the ball. Um, so, yeah, definitely, um, you know, I'm not putting a crystal ball pick in for him yet. I'm going to wait and see how things develop. Uh, one thing is I, I don't, um, I don't uh, expect USC to get in the race. I don't expect them to be a threat um, from what I've gathered Um, Also heard that um, Tyler Gordon and Julius Irvin have been speaking, um, you know, consistently. I know that they were talking on the weekend uh, during the Notre Dame game. Um, That's a really interesting situation. They both recently visited Notre Dame. They're both considering Notre Dame and Washington. I know Julius Irvin's going to be visiting uh, Michigan coming up, but I think Notre Dame and Washington are his top two. So keep an eye on those two. Notre Dame would certainly you know, be in really good shape if they landed those two prospects, two of the best defensive backs in the West.
0: Yeah, no question. And Notre Dame, from what I can gather, they've watched enough tape of Julius Irvin. They've seen him defend slot receivers. They feel like he has good East-West ability. The, the whole we're going to take you as a cornerback because you want to play cornerback isn't just a recruiting tactic. I mean, that's part of it because he wants to play there. But they think he actually can do it as well. So I mean if they can get Kyler Gordon to go with Julius Irvin, that would be a home run uh home run duo of cornerbacks there. I'll go with a guy, uh Sam Taimani from Utah, who I actually, I liked a lot at the opening as a player. I liked him even more, just his personality, had a lot to say, interesting guy, unfortunately. Nordame's not gonna be able to keep recruiting him due to basically admissions issues. You know, he's and he. I've, it's unfortunate because I think he's a guy that would have fit in at Notre Dame from a personality perspective and certainly an athletic perspective. But he's a he was supposed to visit for Georgia, maybe then maybe USC. Now it looks like that won't happen at all. That sort of leaves Jamari Salyer as the the premier offensive lineman coming in for the USC weekend that's expected to happen from what I can gather talking to people around Notre Dame. But Sam Timani, outstanding two way. Defensive tackle, offensive guard, maybe even a center, but no longer going to be on Notre Dame's target list moving forward. So a guy that you can scratch off the offensive line board, and as we talked about earlier, that's a position where Notre Dame is trying to find at least one, probably two more guys, and there aren't a whole lot of guys on the board, so they're going to be looking for some of these senior developmental-type prospects.
1: Right. My next guy is uh, Litchfield Adjavon. 2019 safety uh, with the scout database He's listed um, as an athlete, Four-star prospect, number 97 overall, uh, number four athlete nationally, and number one athlete in the East. Um, has 14 offers. Some of his top offers: uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, Virginia Tech. Um, visited Virginia Tech. Uh, that was been his uh, only game day visit so far. Um, really excited to take more visits. I spoke with them, um, you know, recently. Uh, he's going to be visiting Notre Dame this weekend. I don't expect it to be a big, you know, official visit weekend or just sort of visit weekend in general for the Miami of Ohio game. Uh, but litchfield uh he may be sort of the top name uh, in South Bend this weekend. Uh, definitely a priority recruit here. Notre Dame offered him you know, sort of, you know, Picked him out and uh, offered him uh, a long time ago and have been, um, you know, really in consistent contact. Um, He spoke with me about uh, Coach Clark Lee. Um, That's his uh, primary recruiter. Um, Definitely hears from Todd Light as well, but he's developed a really good relationship with Clark Lee um, on a personal level. And that sounds like uh, something that's continuing to grow and sort of sounds like one of those um, from, from his perspective, basically, painted the picture to me that it was like, you know, he's a, a coach who's a lot different than others. Um, he's sort of said that coach Clark Lee has, you know, a personal relationship with him where the rest of you know, the coaches out there that are recruiting him, um, really just, you know, making him feel like a football player, not so much like a person is basically what he told me. Um, you know, I, he is going to make the best decision he can for the future. Um, you know, talking about NFL or anything like that is sort of a laughable topic to him. He's very just in tune with um, <clears throat> making the best future for himself outside of football. Um, visited Notre Dame in the summer. Um, of course, taking an official visit, unofficial visit this weekend. Told me he's hearing from a few more schools that aren't on his, on his offer list, Penn State, uh, Pitt. But um, definitely a priority prospect for Notre Dame. and Definitely a guy I'm starting to feel really good about Notre Dame landing in the future.
0: Yeah, also seems very mature because he looks like he's 27 years old. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm going to go Kevin Austin, Notre Dame commitment. When he committed, created a little bit of buzz, which was interesting because he said he was going to take official visits elsewhere, which ran counter to what his dad told me at the opening when he said when he's committed, he's 100% committed, no visits elsewhere. It appears the son has come around to the father's point of view here. Uh, Kevin, I think he told you last night that he won't be taking other official visits. I never really expected that to go anywhere, but it's good that it's officially not going anywhere, uh, barring something really unforeseen down the road. So Notre Dame can feel a little bit better about its number one wide receiver commitment in a class that needs a, at least one more wide out, if not two. Kevin Austin seems to be more coming around to being a recruiter for Notre Dame opposed to being recruited by other schools against Notre Dame. That's just a good place for Notre Dame to be. It's certainly worth mentioning on this podcast on every message board because Kevin Austin is a really damn good football player and they need to keep him in line. And now they don't have to worry about that nearly as much. So Kevin Austin, he's number two for me this week. And Kevin, you're going to wrap up our five guys with a guy who will be throwing passes to Kevin Austin down the road.
1: Yeah, you bet. Phil Dracovic has been outstanding this season so far. I sort of went through, um, you know, the five games he's played this year and racked up his, uh, you know, tallied up his stats um, so he's thrown uh, 121 passes, 89 completions, so 73.6 completion percentage, uh, 1472 pass yards, averaging 294.4 yards pass yards per game, 24 total touchdowns, 12 passing and 12 rushing, uh, to only two interceptions. And keep in mind. I know that at least two of those games, he left the game at halftime, including um, just on Friday. He racked up five touchdowns and 355 pass yards on 19 completions on 23 passes in the first half. So um, some of these games, you know, including the first game of the season, they were playing, you know, a program from Ohio that is a regular in the playoffs, a really strong program. And he's, he's torching these programs for, you know, 40 plus points. Um, you know, he added – I had a good discussion with him recently. He added a good 15 pounds, maybe a bit more of that, of really good mass, really good strength. I've um, been working with trainers. Um, you can see it. Um, you know, I've been watching his film. I felt like his his uh, release is quicker. He has such great um, throwing mechanics. And for his age, he really does. Um, and when I asked him about his strength, you know, he – sort of, that's what he spoke about. He was working on getting the ball up quicker. And um, so that sort of confirmed that notion. And, um, you know, with his extra size, you know, I actually interviewed one of his offensive linemen because he's being recruited by Notre Dame a 2019 kid. And he told me that, you know, with this added size, he's, he's always been a really great runner, um, a big threat with his legs. But now he's, you know, he's able to break tackles. And he's just an even, even grittier runner now. So, Um, You know, this is a really quality uh, prospect. If you're a Notre Dame fan um, and you were – anyways, it's time to get excited about um, this guy, in my opinion. Um, Playing really, really good football. uh, The number one program in the WPIL, uh, which is, you know, Class 6A Western Pennsylvania football. Um, Great competition there. So um, keep your eye on him if you're into watching film in that – Tune into, you know, uh, what he's doing for every week because uh, he's on fire this year. There's no doubt.
0: Yeah, he's really put up some ridiculous stats this year. And I think the way Notre Dame's offense is going, as we've seen Brandon Wimbush sort of develop as the season gone has gone on, not that Chip Long will <laughs> be here for Phil Dracovic's entire college career, but if Notre Dame sort of keeps up with the spirit of a more up-tempo, run-first spread offense. Jacoba could be absolutely lethal leading that. And I mentioned Kevin Austin a little bit earlier. We're going to try to have him on our next Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra podcast next week. So until then, Kevin Sinclair out in the Pacific Northwest, Pete Sampson here in South Bend. Thanks for listening to our latest podcast. We'll talk to you next week, and hopefully you'll hear from one Notre, Dame, Notre Dame's top commitments as well. Thanks for listening.